welcome to Romancing the Game. I'm Jordan Fishburne. I'm Tawny P. Thompson. And I'm Sarah Babe. And we're coming at you today uh, with Mass Effect 2's uh, Talizora Narea, a Korean member of uh, Commander Shepard's ship returning from Mass Effect 1. I like to think of her as Talizora Boss Normandy because... It's (laughs) partway through this this game that that happens. So. Yes. <laughs> Tally Zora was boring as fuck. Yeah. yeah. I really don't have too many opinions on Tally. Like, let's yeah. be frank. Um, right. uh, I have thoughts, but it's not really pertaining. So the weird thing about Tally and her character and everything that goes on, and we'll go into this in more depth, is her herself has stuff going on but the surrounding stuff from her people is a big conversation point (laughs) they haven't written for her like any sort of emotional fallout from any of the things none of the things does she react to other than which maybe we should do the spoiler warning first before yeah yeah (laughs) There's like one time I can think she gets emotional and that's, you know, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. All right. So this is your spoiler alert. If you don't want your nerd feelings to get hurt, you should probably turn it off right now. So that's your spoiler alert. Woo. This podcast will <laughs> contain spoilers. As of the nature of discussing overarching story, we'll be covering various plot beats during this show. The warning has been laid at your feet. Continue at your own peril. I will talk us through the boring shit. Um, Mass Effect 2 was released for the PC and Xbox 360 in 2010 and the PS3 in 2011. The developer was Bioware. The publisher was Electronic Arts. The writers, uh, the head writers were Mac Walters and Drew Kerpesheen. And the writing team consisted of Luke Christiansen, Chris Leitwal, Patrick Weeks, Malcolm Azania, Chris Hepler, Brian Kindrigan, and Jay Turner. Yes, those are all masculine-sounding names. Mm. Uh, in this case, Tali is a straight romance only, uh, so our male Shep is voiced by Mark Mears. Tali herself is voiced by Ash Sroka, um, which, like, I pulled up her IMDb, and there's just not too much beyond Mass Effect. Mm. I mean, hey. Yeah. Um, but I love her for this character. I think she did a great job. She has a fantastic voice. I will yeah. give her that. Like, I really enjoy listening to her. And they, you know, her inflection and in a lot of her delivery is really mm-hmm. fantastic. Agreed. It's also very um, unique. They do a really cool voice filter over her that has, like, a little bit of, like, a a poppy crackly sound on yeah. top of the accent and everything that she does, mm-hmm. which is, it's kind of cool because of her people, the Koreans and how they repurpose stuff. So it's more likely that they're probably not working with first, first come first serve is that's not the correct first way hand. Do. Yeah. First hand tech. Um, <laughs> Brand new technology. Brand new technology. They're usually repurposing shit is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that they have that little bit of character to add into that is pretty cool. It's um it's a little interesting little flourish. So I I have the 
dumbest question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe not the dumbest, but the most useless question. How do they possibly pee? Say? No, no, not even okay. that. I mean, because like the the how do they urinate? Whatever. I mean, we watched it seen Dune. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Dune. They probably just recycle it, whatever. And oh. honestly, we don't know what their endocrine systems are like, whatever. Um, my biggest thing because the Koreans, if you are not aware, are a race that are always in suits. You know, hermetically sealed suits. They are spacefaring people who basically have no immune system. I want to know, how do they puke? Mm. Do they puke? I don't know. Like, that's just, I, because that's just. Maybe they just don't need to puke. Maybe they, maybe they have other things, other methods. (laughs) Do do they blow their nose? Like, do they have, I just, I'm completely. There is a line in this game about her having clogged sinuses yes, yes. that is the thing that they do yeah. so like what what i do they just like i just i i have so many questions here's <laughs> my assumption so at one point tally tells shepherd that one of the most intimate things that a quarian can do is to um sink their uh suit environments to each other and yeah. that they oftentimes will become very ill while they're doing that. But like once it's done, then they can like be in the same space as that quarian without getting ill. Right. Um, my assumption would be then like what would make sense to me. And this is just like total speculation. This is not in the game at all. It's like if a whole family was to have the same like suit environment and then maybe their quarters on the ship could be synced to that environment. Because like when the Normandy docks onto the um, flotilla, the flotilla, uh, it's completely like, like cleaned. It's scrubbed before like, and then all of the, crew that gets off of the ship goes through like is in a suit they're in suits and they go through like a a a disinfectant and like whatever so theoretically like the ship is clean they can keep their quarters completely clean and like maybe even fogged with whatever antiseptic is fogging their suits like wouldn't that make sense like to have your whole family in the same like i don't know so let me so i have weird thought stuff about Koreans because that is a very good like thing to say one of the things though is they specifically mention that everybody self suits so they all have their own particular environ suit enviro suit um, that their immune systems are so bad that I think they're worried about having reactions to each other whenever they have extended space together which probably comes and is exacerbated by them continuing to do this but also the enviro suit is a smaller area to keep clean true and if somebody else gets sick you're automatically barred from anything that might be coming from them because tally does mention that actual illness isn't something that they're worried about from other races as much as allergic reactions to 
unfamiliar things. They actually mostly can only get sick if they're infected by something Turian because they have similar structures within their bodies for what affects something about the acids yeah the the the, yeah yeah, the amino acids and all that good fun stuff and i I two things oh sorry go ahead sorry so i just think that it is something where they're in their immune systems are so bad that if somebody does get sick this keeps it from spreading even interfamily and the ships are a lot more jam-packed with people than we really see. So it's usually not like a couple family units. And then opening and closing that particular like home area constantly from having to go in and out. So it's, it is, I get that. Also, I have a lot of thoughts about about it <laughs> but um yeah sorry go ahead Donnie. um so i have two things one this is a really interesting thing to be discussing during a global pandemic maybe we should oh, all be in enviro yeah. suits and that would like solve all of our problems um, <laughs> two how the fuck did they evolve this way and why the fuck aren't they doing anything to fix it because tully even implies that once they get their home world back that it would take years and years of gene therapy and immunotherapy to like sink themselves into that environment. So why haven't they done something like that? Like they know that they need to like to, for their race to survive, they right. need to adapt a little Let's bit. Talk about Koreans. Yeah, well, I think uh, in regard to that, I think. <sighs> I think it was an emergency when they became the flotilla. Right. So they didn't have time to do that. And at this point in time, they don't want to do the gene therapy. This is pure speculation. At this point in time, they don't want to do the gene therapy to improve their immune systems and stuff like that because they don't know when and or where they're going to, you know, uh, ideally they want to return to their homeland, which have been taken over by the Geth, uh, but they don't know when that's going to happen. And this is the most practical because, A, you're dealing with small components as far as, like, the suits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I just – I would not want to be a Korean. Mm-mm. Let's do a quick and dirty plot overview and catch up from oh, Tally yeah. on <laughs> Mass Effect 1. And then we can dig into Koreans as a race. Ugh, I got uh, opinions. Uh, and maybe then delve into Geth. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, Jaguar550, for including the Mass Effect 1 moments, even though they weren't romantic. Yeah. Like, I needed thanks, that refresher. Thanks a ton, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're awesome, and we like you a lot, and we, you're a great <laughs> resource. And if you ever want to get all the lowdown on the Mass Effect stuff, check out Jaguar550 on yeah. YouTube. Mm-hmm. great content wonderful recording mm-hmm. all of the content is on there that you really need uh they do also have dragon age stuff so oh man <laughs> yeah oh, I, forgot. Uh. I noticed that this morning so <laughs> uh so to just jump into it quickly um mass effect one is and two and three um, are all set in a futuristic Milky Way where mass relays uh, technology allows for faster than light travel that allowed the human race to expand out into the galaxy um, and into a society filled with other advanced races, which includes the Koreans, the Asari, the Turian, uh, et cetera. Uh, the Krogan. 
we have to oh, mention yeah. the Krogan. The Krogan. Shorting. Also, the Salarian. If I name every single one, we're going to be here for a long Shepherd. time. Right. <laughs> Shepard. Shepard. Um, <laughs> the game starts in Mass Effect 2 with Shepard dying and being brought back to life by the pro-human organization called Cerberus. And then Shepard sort of takes it from there and goes on a new quest to save the galaxy once again from the... Uh, the oh my goodness <laughs> it's collectors. the collectors in two the collectors thank you we talked about them a bunch and i already <laughs> it's out. early i mean it's um, not but the coffee isn't in yeah yet. <laughs> um Dude, i'm a, on like my first gallon of coffee and just, <laughs> right uh as a quick rundown from tally zora uh narea from Mass Effect 1, uh, you meet her on her pilgrimage, um, which is a rite of passage for the Koreans to prove their worth and bring something of value back to the migrant fleet, the flotilla, which is a interconnected group of starships that houses the entire Korean people as they drift through the galaxy dealing with some shit <laughs> uh on, i get Battlestar vibes <laughs> yeah like trying to either find a new home world to place their people or take their home world back it's a big thing we'll really get into battle it. star vibes man battle star vibes <laughs> right um, yeah for real in mass effect one um just as a heads up we'll probably talk about this but she is trying to find something to bring back to sort of prove that she's grown up. And that also helps her people keep current to the current state of the world and helps bring resources back to them, you know, for survival is since they don't really have a homeworld to live in. And at the end, you can either have given her some data on the Geth uh, talking about their advancement as a race from when they used to be AI and now are a sentient race. Um, or you can tell her that you're not going to give her that Geth stuff and she has to leave at the end of Mass Effect 1 to go out and find something mm -hmm. again to bring out to. Well, and so if you give her the, the Geth stuff, she brings it back to the fleet and that is her, that is the... Uh, conclusion of her um, pilgrimage. pilgrimage yeah right. that's the word thank you <laughs> yes um but yes uh that is basically the sum up of her in mass effect one the quick and dirty version yes um you cannot but, romance her in mass effect one for her. anyone who hasn't played or is wondering yes yeah, this you is are the first yeah um so koreans huh <laughs> yeah i oh koreans okay so I, Koreans hmm. give me a very distinct Romani vibe because they are nomadic. Um, they even, even the way the voice actors treat them, they have a very. Um, Eastern European. Yeah. Eastern European like accents to them and their uh, focus on family. It's just very Romani feel. But. <laughs> yep. But yeah, um, even though they are, it's said multiple times that they are treated like second-class citizens as far as the being a race in the global conversation, because they don't have a homeworld, right? Because they like. because they don't have a homeworld, which is 
super dumb, but whatever. Um, they, uh, God, it just, it hurts and it's full of yeah. cognitive dis- dissonance. Yep. Because they basically are trying to eliminate the gaff. Yeah. So they're treated poorly by everybody else and they're trying to eliminate the gaff, even though they're responsible for the gaff actually existing in the first place, mm-hmm. which gives me some serious World War II vibes. Yeah. And, well, and then it evolves into like Israeli-Palestinian conflict vibes. And then- right, 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 right. And it just, it... Um, like, here's the sum for background knowledge of what caused the Koreans to become a nomadic species instead of a species based on their home world of Rannoch. Is it Rannoch? Rannoch? I'm going to say Rannoch. About 300 years, 300 space years, before the events of Mass Effect 1, the Koreans on their home world of Rannoch had an artificial intelligence on their world which are the Geth. They had an AI on their home world and used them as manual labor. They're very tech heavy as a species. So, you know, this was probably something that they had to, you know, just make lives for themselves easier, understandable. However, the Geth started displaying signs of sentience and the Koreans became terrified of that for some reason and decided the best thing to do is to destroy all of them, which the sentient Geth obviously didn't like. And it started the Geth War, where the Geth then turned on the Koreans, which was trying to wipe them out. And the Koreans lost that war and were forced to flee into space. And now Geth have control. Of and so, that like, can world. you blame the fucking Geth? Like, it's all self defense. Like, they don't want to get fucking wiped out. Like, damn, I don't know, man. And yeah. so, yeah, the, I got, I got fucking opinions about this, man. Yeah. And the thing is, in Mass Effect One, you fight the Geth a lot. Like, let's be honest. I think you also fight the Geth in Mass Effect 2. They're mm-hmm. somebody that you consistently go against as an enemy because they look up to the Collectors and the Reapers. They kind of look at them as the advanced artificial intelligence species. Like, they are... They reach the level of being the pinnacle of what you would think, like, a species based upon mechanic life in what they would be gunning for but also the geth are a species that is 300 years old Mm -hmm. a hive mind as well so they are interconnected on like a neural network and the way that they did the geth is so goddamn dirty and the way that they paint the Koreans as a tragic race, when this is only 300 years old, they Koreans have about the same lifespan of humans if they are, you know, not sick. Right. Um, this is three centuries, 
So if you're thinking they probably live to about 60 years old each, they reach the same age of maturity around the same time, that's not a large amount of generational change from when the Koreans tried to destroy the Geth and when the current people having created like this life here. Um, Basically, what we're saying is the Geth are right. And (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't sympathize with the Korean people in the way that they are trying to then destroy the Geth and take their home world back because fuck them. Right. Own it. You, your ancestors, and this is something that also is part of my opinion in real life that gets me in trouble. Your ancestors did a thing. And you might not have done that thing yourself, but mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You have to take responsibility. This for- is the fallout from that hubris. Yep. Yeah. You don't get an automatic free pass because you didn't do it yourself. Like, you have right. to be part of the solution. You can't just say, but I, it wasn't me. That sucks. Are they supposed to just trust you? No. Like, you don't get that. Be mad at your mom, dad, grandpa, great grandpa, like your ancestors, but you have to suck it up and deal with the consequences of their actions. Right. It, it's the whole concept of be better. Like, yeah. yes, accept what happened, accept that it is part of your lineage and be better. Make up for it. Yes, it may seem unfair to some, but be better. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this has a lot of. Mm -hmm. Uh, parallels to real life type things Um, and it 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 also really uh, demonstrates that how hate and uh, biases and stuff are very passed down through generations and very cultural you know it just it's Oh God, this is, this could be a thesis in and of itself for it anyone really who's doing stuff. Like it just, it's, and what really makes me a little bit, I don't, I don't know if it was written responsibly. No, nope. here's my thing. Um, writers for this kind of stuff go into this going, oh, it's going to be super deep. I'm going to like really make a really good point about all of this Mm. stuff. But Mm. then they make this into a choose your own adventure style thing where you can exacerbate a problem or um, lean into the awfulness and also exhibit the bad choices and the bad reactions on it. And because you are able to do that, People then go, well, they wouldn't have let you do it if it wasn't like a gray. And I'm going to be completely honest here. Uh, Video games sometimes really piss me off with their gray morality spectrum where they show things as having equal weight choice wise when it's not. You can make the bad choice Mm -hmm. or you can make the correct choice. And it's one of those things and I'm going to get up here on my soapbox for a minute um, (laughs) where you open up the conversation for the bad side and it makes people think that the bad side holds any weight or any understanding which is 
I'm gonna, we're in America, so I'm gonna definitely say this. This is why you don't debate with fucking Nazis. Yep. Because why give them the platform to have that discussion when you should just be punching them in the face because they're wrong? Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, no, this punch also, a Nazi today. Yeah. Like, this sort of thing is how white supremacy like spreads you give people the platform to talk about this and they brainwash people into thinking that it's in any way a valid argument when it's fucking not that's why the whole i deserve free speech to say this hate speech is something that i completely disagree with (laughs) and like i don't need to fucking hold space for a fucking nazi i will hold space for anyone with good intentions all fucking day long. Mm -hmm. But the moment that your space being held means that you look down on someone else for literally any reason, we done. You don't need space anymore. That's not what I was going to (laughs) say. We talk a hell of a lot about how badly racist Ashley is. And I wasn't even thinking about this this morning as I was watching Tali's video, but damn, Tali is as bad or as worse as far as space racism goes than Ashley is. She's just because her, her race is so much more um, sympathetic for us. Yeah. It's just focused on the geth instead of the people as a whole. Yes. Uh, Just to jump back, like maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the whole paradox of, being tolerant but not being tolerant of intolerance and it just it it's and uh i will i will say this until i am blue in the face yes you have freedom of speech but that does not mean you have freedom of the consequences if i tell the pope to fuck off i can do that but there's a good chance that you know i might be excommunicated for it from the catholic church Mm -hmm. so like you have to have if you know, if I call somebody an asshole, I fully expect to reap consequences that are probably not pleasant mm-hmm. from that particular speech that I give out. Like you can't, yeah. you can't have it both ways. You can't yeah. say whatever you want and not have any consequences to it. And I think that is something that is mm-hmm. not properly expressed through any video game to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure there are ones that do it slightly, uh, but it just really, with the, with you, the go ahead. The, sorry. Well, it's okay. Uh, the one thing that bothers me going back to what we always have been saying is have women on your staff. Fucking as far as writers mm-hmm. consult people that are similar to the cultures you are trying to represent in your games. Uh, I think that really hurt the writing for the Koreans. 100%. Yeah. Uh, One of my absolute favorite authors, Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. Yes. He has a very awesome character who happens to be wheelchair bound because of an accident. He didn't just go, oh, I know how to write somebody with the wheelchair. No. He had a full like panel of people asking them, how does this feel? What do you feel about this? How does this work? How does this work? He took the time to speak with people who are the people that he's trying to write. And video games really need to get their shit together and do that. 
Mm-hmm. I actually really want to say something about Branderson because I think this is something that he learned through like actually fucking up a few times. Like his Mistborn series has yeah. one single female in the whole fucking book. Really, seriously, <sighs> right? Yeah, um, and they're great books. Uh, the character is awesome, but like. It's not enough. He wrote the book when he was very young, and he actually has come out with statements saying, like, I didn't realize I was doing that. I was just defaulting to what my default was, which was white dude. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I think back on it, there's like seven characters that I would really love to have made um, female or of different Mm -hmm. um, gender norms or racial backgrounds. And he... Obviously, he can't go back and rewrite the entire series. But, like, mm-hmm. if you look at his series since then, he has done things like that where he will reach yes. out to the people that he is trying to represent and be like, hey, would you read this over for me? And, like, check shit out. And, like, right. Yeah. And, like, it, it takes – and I realize it takes time. And a lot of times video games are under a I lot know. of pressure to release. Cough, cough, Cyberpunk 2077. Um you know, still enjoying that game, but oh yeah, no, like <laughs> I'm, I have, I have no qualms with it. I just really think, oh, they should have taken more time for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I yeah, I have, opinions. I do have qualms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. got opinions. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just, I, I realize there is the the idea of time, the idea of expense because fuck you, pay me. Um, but it just it it really it would be really nice to see like cultural advisors for something like mass effect because mm-hmm. you are as humans we base our writing and our experiences on what we know mm-hmm. and as much as we want to say oh the krogan are completely 100 just the krogan super new not related to any human culture mm-hmm. well they're similar to something yeah. find someone who is represented represented of that particular culture that you're mimicking and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Find someone who is Romani or maybe yeah. Russian or something. Uh, Israeli and, in this case right. would be great. Palestinian. Right. Like talk, talk to them, see what their experience is like and don't automatically try to make it. Uh, well, obviously since she's a main character, you got to be sympathetic towards her. No, mm-hmm. like, Legion's no. a main fucking character too. And honestly, yes. frankly, I like Legion better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not going to say here that the Mass Effect writers didn't put any nuance into this. That's not what we're right. saying. Right. We're being very critical because of the way that we feel about it. But they did allow nuance to come in. We don't think it was highlighted enough. And we don't think that they're allowance on your reactions and the blowback from those reactions was done well enough for <laughs> what they were trying to do. The Koreans did have people on world during the Geth world, like the Geth war that didn't want to harm the Geth. Yeah. They were vastly outnumbered by the people that did want to harm the Geth right. and they were forced to give up, you know, their Geth people that they were harboring and then, you know, war broke out and the Koreans couldn't handle it. Um, but they have nuance in the flotilla. There are people that say we should leave the home world to the Geth. We should go someplace else and colonize another world. Um, 
settle somewhere where we can home our people Mm -hmm. instead of taking our home world back. They do have differing viewpoints. However, it's the way that they write your ability to interact with that, which is our main problem. Mm -hmm. Because you can put bad opinions onto something on purpose and then have those opinions shown as wrong (laughs) or like really vastly. One of the things that we've talked about in the past is how the Miranda and Jack thing was handled Mm -hmm. when they're trying to input this gray morality. That's not gray. This is what they did between Tally and Legion. They tried to input a gray morality that is not gray. And they did this with the Solarians as well. Like, yeah, the Solarians oh, and the Krogans. Like, goddamn, they the keep Krogan. doing this. Yeah. Well, even even the Turians yeah. are. Yeah, you know what? God, every every race in the Mass Effect world are kind of a bunch of jerks. Yeah, sorry, exactly. They they're all flawed, just like humans, and that's not bad. No, but you need to show that that is acknowledged and that people are trying to better it, just like humans are trying to better our flaws. That's something that we're actively trying to do as people we acknowledge that there's always people around when humans do shitty things that go this is shitty we shouldn't be doing it right highlight those voices have our protagonist be an agent towards either helping those people or doing the thing to stop the shit from happening like that's or, what like we, right? how much more interesting would it have been if when tally comes on your ship you know she is for destroying the death race Mm -hmm. and by the end of the the time like she comes around to realizing she was wrong like how much more interesting would that have been Mm -hmm. and i uh in mass effect yeah because i believe it's in mass effect 2 where you have to choose between the corian and the geth I think that's in three. That's in three. three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. But but there is a thing between Tally and Legion in this game um, that is one of those things where it's like, no, Legion's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know what you want me to say. Legion's correct. And Tally's Um, pissed at you for siding with him. But like, like, yeah, be pissed all you want, man. Jack Jack was right. I don't know why you want me to be like, neutral here jack is right yeah as much as it pains me to say that character was right about anything um (laughs) not a big fan of jack so like that's obviously how we feel about the general politics of politics quote-unquote of the Korean race in and of itself yeah we should Um, probably talk about the romance yeah we should probably talk about tally um (laughs) i did i'm realizing i did not use tally at all like, I don't think I performed her loyalty mission. I don't think I even talked to her. She just, as a character, she comes across to me as fairly bland. Mm-hmm. Um, going through the walkthrough, the playthrough that Jaguar 550, high five buddy, uh, played, <laughs> my first thought was, damn, Tally got hard as fuck in Mass Effect 2. Because mm-hmm. you first talked to her and she's like, in command of like these commandos who are doing this thing. And she's like, boom, 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 boom. And they're like, wow, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when you first meet her in mass effect one, she's so shy. Young. She's 
just left the Turian, not Turian, the Korean people. She's on her pilgrimage. She's interacting with people outside. She's, the pilgrimage is their rite of passage into adulthood, basically. So she's not even. 18. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like girl is fresh off the boat, literally. Exactly. And she's capable, you know, that if she wasn't a capable person, Shepard never would have had her join the crew, but she's still. immature in the sense of having not come into her own and in mass effect two she has done that yeah we still have to guess that she i mean she can't be much older than maybe 21 if we assume the events of mass effect one are about a year and then shepherd's been dead for two years Mm -hmm. she's got to be like 21 so (laughs) she's still like really young right and you get the impression that shepherds in their 30s and that kind of bothers me difference i mean it's not a samara age difference right but but in terms i think the thing that it makes me a little happy that you can't romance her until this Mm -hmm. right there's been two years that she's lived where you've been dead so she thinks you've been dead and the um well you were dead but she acknowledges you as somebody that will no longer exist <laughs> and she but, but you got better but you got better <laughs> i'm feeling um, much better now <laughs> and when you run into tally for a space walk <laughs> <laughs> when Sorry. you run into tally um in the beginning of mass effect 2 she's now tally zora vasnima she's come into her own and is now an integral part of another ship within the migrant fleet, the flotilla. And she's sent on missions outside of the flotilla. So you run into her on the human colony freedoms progress as they're trying to find a hurt Corian that was on their pilgrimage. Um, And you run through and, you know, you defeat the, drones and mech that have been set off to do attacky things um and have to make a decision pretty soon because it's pretty soon after and you're with like miranda and jacob and tally has that so why the fuck are you a cerberus question (laughs) um which is valid um but kind of uh what's the word um kind of not (laughs) self-reflective but you have the option then to start off like how you're going to be doing this playthrough right are you going to take that hurt corian back with you to interrogate and question to find out what happened to this nuked basically human colony freedom's progress or are you going to let Tally take this Corian back and have her give you the Omnitool data that they had so that they can help this Corian heal and all of that fun stuff? Mm-hmm. Can I just say that Freedom's Progress is such a fucking like American West, name? It's yeah. such an American name. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Why? <laughs> very um, uh, Manifest Destiny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Very, right? um, yeah white colonizer vibe uh, yeah exactly no wonder no wonder cerberus uh the human supremacist group is like <laughs> let's let's help this uh this uh human colony uh that was called Freedom. freedom's progress, progress. like can we get more united states centric people i mean i right. swear to god <laughs> right. um 
sometimes you get reminded about shit in Mass Effect and you're like, man, like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> well, and then you remember that you as Shepard are basically running with the clan in yeah. this uh, episode in Mass Effect 2. Like, yeah. The proud, the proud humans. Right. I, basically <laughs> the proud I, I don't. I don't know if I would go exactly that far, but... <laughs> Yeah, I but I understand. Yeah, the, yeah. they're the, cloaked the in other things, right? But yeah, it's kind well, of and, like. And, yeah. Well, the reason why Tali is like, "Yo, why the hell are you hanging out with this bitches?" Um, the Cerberus, Cerberus, my God, Cerberus, uh, actually attacked a flotilla, mm-hmm. or no, not a flotilla, to attack the ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the name of that ship? I wrote it down. Um, uh, the Adena. So yeah. Cerberus attacked the Corian fleet, specifically the Adena, uh, and they were looking for a human biotic mm-hmm. who happened to be with the flotilla. And I'm like, really? Like, okay, number one, I want to know that story right. a little bit more, but it's just basically like, oh yeah, I hate them because they attacked us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, I want more information. Right. That sounds interesting. And then she's pretty much just like, if you're looking to blow them up, I'll lend you a grenade. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm like, okay. like, cool. Thanks for having my back, yo. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. But like, okay. Yeah. And I thought, I think um, when she when she joins up with your crew after like the secondary part of her introduction, um, she, Jacob is like trying to welcome her. Poor Jacob always gets the brunt of the Cerberus hate because he's yeah, the man. only decent fucking Cerberus agent. Um, but he, Tally says to him, I don't know who you are, but Cerberus threatened the security of the migrant fleet. Don't make nice. Which is um, fair. My favorite part of that interaction is the absolute, if, it, if it's, I think it's this, yeah, the absolute shame that Jacob throws Mm-hmm. By saying, wh- where is it? Don't forget to introduce yourself to Edie, the ship's artificial intelligence. Yep. And yep. Tali just stops in her tracks and looks around. I'm like, girl, yep. that was Ooh. eye lasers. I know she's got a mask and you can't really yeah. see her face, but girl, oh, yeah. eye lasers. Your he knew what dead. he was doing. He knew yeah. what he was saying I was when like, he said that. Oh, I just like, girl, the yeah. shade of it all, the shade. <laughs> it was beautiful. And I, oh, I appreciate yeah. him in that moment. Yeah. I yeah. laughed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> well, that's right after he says, um, like, I hope we can come to a better understanding and, and trust, like, through working together. And she pretty much tells him to fuck off. Right, right. And right, you're and like, and, like, there's part of me is like, did Jacob really know? that he was being he that shady and like, oh, that's one of yeah. the things where i was like they don't they don't change his expression enough they don't to, it, they to don't. it being on purpose from what i can tell <laughs> but like it's also one of the things where they do have an ai on board so if they are just saying make sure our ai knows that your crew member and familiar familiarize yourself with it um right. it he does speak to not knowing much about the quarians so yeah. it could yeah. be yeah uh, yeah but i i feel like quarians not liking ai is like a pretty standard yeah. thing like yeah. it's such a big part of what yeah. anybody could know about the right? like <laughs> it's 
It's hard to tell because yeah. they don't make it explicit. So you could right. read it either way. Yeah. yeah, but oh man, I was just like, oh, the shade. It I choose to believe he's purposefully throwing shade because yeah, yeah, he I deserve to give him credit for yeah. you know he right right he's like low key like the he's interpersonalness he that he has is good. He reminds me of my mother mm-hmm. because every now and again he says something and you're like, what? You did. Oh my god! Was that on purpose, or was that? Oh yeah, you definitely (laughs) meant to say that. Uh, What my mother does, she'll say something really snide and snippy and amazing underneath her breath, and you're like, "Did you just?" (gasps) You did. Oh, (laughs) I love it. It's great. Um, just to to close up, um, getting her on your crew. Um, you do offer for her to join you during the the Freedom's Progress um, thing. And she mentions, I have actually something really important that I have to do. I can't abandon it even for you, Shepard. Right. Which is sweet in the mm-hmm. everybody loves Shepard kind of way. Um, but they, the flotilla, the migrant fleet has sent them on a mission to planet Haystrom to gather data because the planet's sun is dying before the yeah, the scientific community is like, that shouldn't be happening. Um, but it's super deep in Geth territory, so I don't know why they care. But the group has them go there to check it out and do research upon it. Um, and she brings, like, a Korean command team with her, and she sort of leads them. Um, but the Geth see them. And start fighting them. So one of the things is you have to fight the Geth to help extract Tally from the facility that she went to gather all of this data. Um, so obviously to recruit her. But um, at the end of that, you know, she is pissed off because she lost so many Koreans by doing this. And she's like, I really hope this fucking data is worth it. Um and you have to like fight a Geth Colossus. Um, she joins you, and the captain of the ship that she sort of used to get there goes back and brings the data to the the Korean flotilla. Um, was there any? I don't remember there actually being any point to um, that. There's, there's not really. She's hoping that the data will help them. Um, uh, Oh God, I just read this. Um, like avenge the deaths of of yeah. the Koreans that she lost. And you're like, but in what right, way? Right, like right. how? Like, it's scientific um, data. Yeah. Like, are they researching dark matter? I know they were saying that, that that's part of why they think the sun was doing yeah. that. But would was it go. worth going into heavily geth territory to do that? Mm-hmm. Tali angrily hopes that the Admiralty Board will put the information to good use and make it worth such a terrible cost. And then, yeah, good, it never comes back up. Good, good use. Yeah. What's good use? Right. Like, uh, is it me- worth going into enemy territory for that? Which is the thing that keeps pissing me off about the Koreans. Stop poking the fucking bee- bee's nest. There's no reason they. This is one of the things where it goes into like a political um, manipulation that makes me mad. Yeah, I feel like the anti-Geth people 
on the migrant fleet and the flotilla are like, well, we have to reinvest people in being mad at the Geth occasionally. So let's have this scientific team go into Geth territory for some fucking reason. And then we can use that to fan the flames of why our people are angry at the Geth because, oh, they, they heard our science team. Well, why the fuck were they in Geth territory? Right. Was yeah. the information that fucking important? It's a big fucking galaxy. You couldn't find something similar in a different part of the galaxy. Like, what's yeah, the point here? It's one of those things that you're like, why the fuck did they even put this in if they weren't going to develop it? And yeah. it, it leads me to think maybe they just ran out of development time and mm-hmm. like maybe there was going to be a quest with it. And then meh. <laughs> I think they also used this as a thing to show the Admiralty board upon the migrant fleet isn't they, they are not above making mistakes like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because going into her loyalty mission is basically an argument with the Admiralty board. Um, so it could have been set up for how the Admiralty board makes mistakes and makes weird choices. Um, but it's not, pointed out (laughs) so like this is one of the things that maybe it should have been said during the mission like what or like even mentioned offhand like what did they use that data for like Mm -hmm. did it actually do anything to help the Koreans Um, so it's weird that they had this entire thing where you fight against the Geth on Tally's behalf because then it's like Five minutes later in game time, because you can talk to Tally like right away to get her loyalty mission, you mm-hmm. find out that she's being cast out by the same admiralty board that she has just risked life and limb for mm-hmm. to get this data to them. Yeah, she's being tried for treason. Right. And you're like, what in the fuck even? Like, she literally just risked her life for this. And lost a bunch of friends in the process mm-hmm. and now you're going to fucking throw her off her ship. Now yep. she's Tali Zoravas Normandy because you're exiling her without even going through the trial yet. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Right. And there's um, like, I don't think anything that she says conversation wise before her mission is like really in depth. I think it's mostly like a catch up. Like mm-hmm. this is, sort of what's going on. Here's something about Koreans that maybe we haven't talked about before explicitly in game. And you get um, the G shepherd. You were dead for two years. Golly. How'd that go? <laughs> like glad you're back. Why are yeah. you working with Cerberus? And yeah. they do have the conversation of trusting Cerberus um, where shepherd kind of falls on that spectrum. It kind of gives you either bad points or good points, depending on what you answer. Um, they do mention that like Shepard really doesn't trust Cerberus and kind of lets her know that. Mm-hmm. So she's not thinking that Shepard is joining this pro-human organization because of sentiment. Um, but they don't really delve into anything outside of that. Yeah. Um, That's like, yeah, you can get her loyalty mission like instantly after she's on your ship. So it's not, there's not, there's not much in between. Mm-hmm. But they do, she receives a message saying that she's getting charged with treason. Um, 
Mm-hmm. They won't tell her why, though, either. Like, yeah, not just, via message. Like, they like, are like, well, you odd. have to come back for the the discussion the trial. about it, but we're not going to tell you why you're being charged with treason. So fucking weird. Because you presumably know, I guess, you don't get to know what your charges are actually about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what you did. That's right. exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's borderline, like, abuser tactics. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So, and it's very like they do make a point of mentioning like the flotilla and everything is very community family based. So you get that kind of dynamic when you sort of speak about them as a community. Like they're very integrated. They know everything about everybody and mm-hmm. like they talk all the time. She even she even mentions the later. gossipiness. Like yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm sorry you had to deal with Korean politics. Sometimes it even gets nasty over there. And it's like, that wasn't the bad stuff? What the hell? (laughs) Uh, On on a good note with the Korean generals, I am madly in love with at least two people that are, (laughs) uh, that voice some of the admirals. Um, The Admiral Zen, which I always forget that this is who voices that character, Claudia motherfucking Black. I highlighted in my notes, it's Morgan in space. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. I just, she's such a fantastic voice actress. Yeah. Um, She's just fantastic ever. Claudia Black, could I meet you and shake her hand? Or just, like, wave at you or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Claudia Black is great. Um, And also, Shalarone one of the, I think I spelled that, I pronounced that correctly, uh, is voiced by, and I'm going to try my best not to butcher her name, mm-hmm. Shoren Agdashlu, I think. Yes. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And if I mispronounce it, I'm terribly sorry because I absolutely love this actress. I respect her deeply. I'm just awful at pronouncing things. Uh, she Google needs to offer a name pronunciation thing. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, they do sometimes, but like, it's just, uh, uh, sh- you may know her most famously uh, recently uh, as Christian Avasarala from The Expanse, who is <gasps> hey, bitch in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. She is amazing. I love the actress. Her voice is amazing. I love it, 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 love it. Mm-hmm. So excited. As soon as they introduced her character, I was like, I don't remember the Admiralty board having all of like the the dope ass people yeah. for this. Like they really packed it with good voice actors like they got claudia black back in there they got uh miss agashlu like it's it was a really good spot for anyone who was like interested in in being in um in mass effect to just like make a quick little cameo but also still have a really big impact right yeah it was just oh man i'm just i i love Mm -hmm. that actress yeah they did a good job don't care about the male voices, just those yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> I one of the things that made me look up who the admiral actors were um was because the guy who the angry voiced, one uh <laughs> uh Admiral Zalcoris um 
a chorus chorus um sounded like he was doing a tim curry impression um he yeah, did a good job that. he was voiced by martin jarvis so i mm-hmm. i looked him up because i was like he's doing a little bit of a a, a tim curry type of deal um yeah but I was double checking because you find Tim Curry in the weirdest places. Oh yeah, Dude, Tim Curry's everywhere. Didn't mess it up. Um, he's like he, glitter. Exactly. <laughs> um, and he's done Mass Effect. I think it was either he did something in Mass Effect or he did something in Dragon Age. Are you are you talking oh, about Dragon Age? Are you talking about Simon Templeton? Templeman? No. Because he Jarvis. Martin Jarvis. Okay, because. The actor who does um, the voice of Admiral Jarrell is also in Dragon Age Origins as Turn Loghain. Yes, yes. Um, Tim Curry is in Dragon Age Origins as Arl Howe. Yeah, Tim Curry. I, yeah, I Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah. What? Wait. We, what? We talked wait. about this during no. our Dragon Age episodes. We did. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't think we did. Mm-mm. I think we. Did. I did not know that. It's well. It's Tim. Oh Curry. my God! I'm shooketh. <laughs> they they gave Tim Curry the worst character. The How did I not the one that everybody across the board wants to stab? I always recognized Tim Curry's voice. How did I not? How many times have I played Dragon Age Origins <laughs> and I haven't? He's sneaky, I am, man. He, I, I I I don't know myself. Okay, right now. But oh sorry, mind. we really got off topic. But they really packed the admiral board with some great voices. They well did, yes. Too. Um, and one of the reasons that I also looked up um, Admiral Chorus is because he's the admiral on the board that is most antagonistic to Tally, but also the one that yes. I agree with. So <laughs> he's the one that thinks that they should no longer be fighting the Gath and that they mm-hmm. need to find a different world to oh. settle on. Yep. And they should he just voiced give- Alfred Pennyworth in a lot of the Batman cartoons. It looks like, so that, that makes, makes a hell sense. of a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he is the one though, that like sort of headed this charge because he argues a lot with Tally's father, who's another mm-hmm. Admiral on the board and Tally for their viewpoints and their research into looking into ways to better fight the Geth. Part of Tally going around outside of the flotilla is to find Geth things, dismantle them, deactivate them, and send them back to the flotilla if it's safe for further research. And her charge is that she was sending things that were not safe to the flotilla and the Geth reactivated and stole a ship, stole control of the ship basically and killed the people on board. Um, <laughs> Grand theft Geth ship. I'm going to be laughing about that one all day. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you go there and Shepard is now the captain on the ship that they have titled tally to so now she's tally zora vast normandy mm-hmm. um so you're the one who speaks up for her on the board to defend her um and in talking you find out these things you find out that that's her charge um 
what's going on. And she's like, now you're telling me now that my father's presumed dead and that there's <laughs> Gath controlling one of the ships in our fucking flotilla. You and- couldn't have fucking sent that in a message. So I could right. have dealt with it sooner. Like what yeah. the fuck? Right. Like, do y'all think just because we created the Gath, we have a collective consciousness and just know this shit. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. This is some primo political bullshit. <laughs> And frankly, he's bitten himself in the ass because he was the one that made the decision to exile her right away. Was that Admiral Chorus? Yeah. 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 He was the Um, one that put forth the motion to be like, she's no longer, now she's a member of the Normandy. Name her. But then he's pissed off that Shepard has to be involved and tries to get Shepard like recused from the case. A human has no say in Quarian matters. But that's what you gave him say. Like, mm-hmm. their people are based upon a military structure. Everybody on a ship answers to the captain of that ship. The captains answer to the admirals. The admirals run the Korean flotilla. Right. And the captains are all responsible for whoever is on the ship. So. Exactly. So That plan made, backfired, motherfucker. You made basically the most get shit done person in the galaxy the captain <laughs> of the person you're trying to exile. That wasn't. So- well for you too (laughs) here's the question was it all part of the plan Eh? probably not considering his true yeah i mean (laughs) it would uh, be a fun like (laughs) yeah here here, don't mind me i'll be over in my corner making up mass effect conspiracy (laughs) theories yeah (laughs) normandy ultra yeah right if they had cut when Tally's leaving the flotilla um, to Corvus, like rubbing his three fingered hands together, like, yes, <laughs> my plan. <laughs> I, I feel like they all evil laugh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, they kind of show themselves as being incompetent. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, you got to imagine this. In their defense, which this is an awful defense, they probably have. I feel like they've gone further in their uh, hole of getting fucked by the Geth to like they've gone further than they ever have at this point mm-hmm. in time, where they're actually getting Geth artifacts. Mm-hmm. They're 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 hitting some you know undiscovered country type shit where they don't know what they really need to do at this time with the yeah. information that they've been given. Mm-hmm. Um, still to make them better. Right. But like, yeah. yeah. I, um, uh, I really think that it, it is helpful having done this view into the Admiralty board, because you do see that there's still discussion internally within the Koreans mm-hmm. about what they should be doing and all of that stuff. But the, the way that this goes is that, you there they were planning on just blowing up the ship with the geth stuff on it um but shepherd the koreans that are still on the ship that they believe are possibly still alive yeah they're presuming them dead but they're like they don't have any proof of that um instead tally and shepherd are like well no we're gonna go on there and deal with the problem. And they're like, well, if you die, we'll clear your name. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. well, thanks. And it's yeah. like fucking wild. Um, otherwise, we'll like continue this discussion when you get back. Right. <laughs> and, 
you go and you you go in there, you run through the ship, see what's been going on. Um, you find out that Tally's father has on purpose been reactivating these geth and creating like an internal neural network with these geth to test out attacks against them, like viral attacks to break down their network, to shut them down. This feels like the equivalent of human testing to me. Unethical human testing. It is. Yeah. It feels like a bad idea all around. Yeah. I do appreciate that Tally seems horrified by this concept. Yeah. Um, So at least there's that. That's a little bit redeeming for her. (laughs) I uh, love it. Yeah. So on in this thing, you you get told that Tally and her dad don't have like a great relationship. Um, But as she was growing up, he would always tell her that he's going to build her a house on their home world. Yeah. Um, And it's mentioned a couple times during this scenario because she is mad at her father because she doesn't think this is the right way to go about getting that end goal Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, despite the fact that she's actively pro destroying the Gath. But she kind of acknowledges that this is messed up. Um, And you learn that he was not telling her this on purpose so that she would not get blowback from the the flotilla and the admiralty board because he's making her an accomplice to this shit. (laughs) That's called plausible deniability. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're like, why don't you have her send back better stuff? And he's like, no. She's only sending back what she should be sending back in a safe way. And we Mm -hmm. will repurpose what we can to make Geth. And he says something along the same lines of, I need to be able to make this home for my daughter on our home world. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing is, after this is done... She doesn't want you to tell the Admiralty Board the truth of what he was doing. Which, by the way, you don't save his reputation. You don't discover your father alive. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And arguably one of Tali's only (laughs) Mm -hmm. moments of real emotion and connection that actually got me a little choked up was discovering that her father was dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's when I said, like, there's, like, one bit where she shows emotion. This is it. Yeah, this that's is it. Bit. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, great. Yeah. Cool. And you can actually hug her. Like, this is a point yeah. where, like, she can kind of break down a little bit, and it's, like, the one moment that you see any sort of, like, other than awkwardness, but vulnerability from her right. um, in this way. And it is, it is quite touching. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, I think she goes through like the emotions of regret for not having had a better relationship with her father. And like, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's also a very fleeting moment. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way that the line about her father promising her that, that he would build her a home on their home world. I feel like it was more, she was more upset because he's 
dead so he can't uphold that promise versus what he did was not the right way mm-hmm. to uphold that promise, um, which is part of my concern for uh, how this shit is handled. Uh, right. To be completely honest, I feel like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little angry at Tali's deceased father yeah. for making a wildly unobtainable promise. Yeah. Yeah. Because that it isn't like they've been, they don't have the foothold needed to fight the Geth in the first place. Yeah, They're yeah. not close to it. Yeah, Why it's... would you make that thing? Right. Yeah. Why would you make that promise? Like, like it's just you, that's it is kind been, of like, yeah. it has been 300 years. Yeah. Since you've had a home world. Right. Yeah. And you just think because you want it really hard, you're going to make it happen? Yeah. No. And he's he's an admiral. He is an admiral. So he has a lot of sway and control over the Korean people. He should have the knowledge that they're not there yet. And um I don't know if he thought that he was so smart and they're so smart that they can create a viral attack that'll just shut all of the geth down at once or what. Mm-hmm. But you can't make sweeping lies of that scale to people that don't know better. Right. <laughs> um, you can say it would be so nice. Or, you know, in the future, I really hope that we can build something for our family to take back home or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And then at the end of this, when it is revealed, because you find her father dead before you get full confirmation that this was something they were doing on purpose. Mm. When you're about to play that record, she's like, I don't know if I want to watch it because she can tell that based off of everything so far, this isn't something that the guest just did by themselves. (laughs) It's something that they kind of did. Um, you find out that this was on purpose and then she doesn't want to tell people what happened, despite the fact that essentially they were committing war crimes and experimenting on a sentient race, um, and putting the entire flotilla in danger for it. So it sounds a lot like the, uh, the, who were the bad guys in world war two? Was it, was it, um, who was that one scientist? Uh, and they're Nazis. Gosh, I can't. I can't even think. Uh, I, I don't know. It just slips my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, really hard to grasp. Uh, well, it's in. It's <laughs> actually, actually, I am. I am genuinely remembered uh, forgetting the name of that uh, famous Nazi doctor. Oh, uh, which one? Uh, uh, <laughs> Mengele. There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Fucking seriously, people. Um, History. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is, it's definitely, like, directly ripped. Like, they clearly don't, the the Quarians clearly don't believe that the Geth have any sort of, humanity is not the right word, but I don't think we have a right word for it because, you know, space life doesn't really exist to us yet. There's Um, no respect. There's no respect for their sentience. And they treat them like disposable yeah. like something to be repurposed and scrapped mm-hmm. not being People. 
beings. with their own thoughts and feelings and drive to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Tally doesn't want you to have this be something that is the flotilla should know this so that they can condemn anybody from taking these actions moving forward or reveal themselves as pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is the thing. If this is something that they're going to pass and say is okay, mm-hmm. then we know that the Koreans are not a people to re- be respected until their leadership can be changed onto the path of the right side here. Or they can start working towards growth by seeing that they've crossed a moral event horizon that is too far mm-hmm. and realizing within themselves that they need to dial this back and start taking steps to better themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like not continue this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and by agreeing with Tally and not saying it, it makes me mad because people should be held responsible for when they do fucked up shit. Agreed. Well, that's where, so like after you go back to the flotilla, you deal with the Admiralty board, Tally is cleared. You choose to tell them about her father or not. Mm-hmm. If you've already done Legion's mission, when you get back to the ship, she gets into a fight with Legion because Legion was scanning her um, Omnitool thingy. Yeah, her Omnitool. I never Omni-tool. play bio. <laughs> I, I never play biotics. It's I don't even use them. I sell it. Omnitools aren't biotic. They're tech. Okay, whatever. I don't yeah. do that either. <laughs> she just fights. I yes. Yeah. She just um, does the hit people with guns thing. Yes, but yeah. I do do that. Um, <laughs> but um, Legion basically tells you that they were scanning her Omni tool to send the information back to Gath because of the threat that the Quarian mm-hmm. are posing to mm-hmm. the Gath, and like. This is the part where you could fuck up the entire romance with Tali right now by siding with Legion. Yep. Um, because you lose her loyalty entirely. Yeah. Um, or if you side with Tali, you lose Legion's loyalty, which is just bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is the same, like, Jack versus Miranda thingy. Like, yeah. you can only romance whichever, whichever person you side with. And... You Legion, you can't romance. Yeah, I was about to say. I wish you could romance Legion. Uh, Uh, No, I'm kidding. Uh, That's a that's a completely different um, (laughs) podcast, right? Um, The thing is, like, if you stay, if you do the thing that the game kind of guns for you to do by not making one side angry or the other side angry and stay neutral, which I hate. Um, you have the ability to have them kind of come to an understanding where Tally's like, well, I can give you non-classified data about what the Koreans' plans are and what their sort of setup is. And Legion accepts that and sends it back. But that's not the point of the argument, right? It's not... Mm-hmm. They're not just like generally curious about the Koreans because then they can just find that information the fuck out. They are trying to protect themselves from attempted genocide, mm-hmm. which we just had an example of them specifically trying to destroy them. 
like destroy them, like Mm -hmm. completely take out their neural network and like completely wipe them out. Um, So I like, I just cannot side with Tally on this. Legion's right in wanting to get whatever information he can. Part of the reason that he's joining you is because the Geth are understanding that they need to stop the threat that is happening here. And there's a purpose to them doing that. So they're not completely unreasonable as a sentient group of beings, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just don't like how they do this. <laughs> I mean, it's very lucky. I just never play male Shep, so I don't need to worry about Tali's romance. And mm-hmm. I just side with Legion because he's right. Like, Legion is right. That's it. I mean, that... It, yeah, yeah. This is they they try to sell it as gray morality and it's not. This is very black and white. Yeah. Like this is self-defense. This is Legion trying to save their entire race. Like and I think something that really puts me over my both sides have a point thing that I don't think is the case for this is when you're comforting Tally about her father being dead. She says I think my father would be honored that I chose to mourn him by blowing up a lot of geth. I wrote that quote down. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys, so no growth. There's going to be no growth about the fucked up shit between the Koreans and the geth. There's just going to be none. And from the other side, the geth do not want to end the Koreans. Like, that's not right. Their goal. They, that's not they even just a piece want of everybody goals. to leave them the fuck alone. Exactly. Because they mm-hmm. keep getting attacked all the time. They barely even leave their area. Their sector, they don't leave it. Right. Yep. Like it's it's complete bullshit that they keep getting targeted like this and we keep getting them painted as the bad guys when they're just defending themselves. Yes. I frankly welcome our robot overlords now. <laughs> That's the way I feel. Yeah. Personally, I'm like, I for one would like to welcome our Google and robot overlords. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> but to get um, into actual romance with yes. Tally, now that we've really uh, tested out the structural integrity of our soapboxes, yeah. <laughs> is <laughs> um, the romance itself. If you go about and do all the things in order to push out the romance, um, it's not bad romance wise, even if we don't like the plot shit with Tally, the romance itself is cute. She's very like sweet and shy when it comes to this. And um, I, I have a little bit of criticism on certain things, but in terms of how they run this, she's very rambly. She's nervous. Um, you have a conversation about how she cares about you and she's surprised that Shepard reciprocates that. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't expect it as a Corian because there's a lot of barrier, obviously, with the Enviro suits. <laughs> Literally. That um, shows that, like, the kind of relationship you can have is different. Every, like skin-on-skin moment of intimacy has to be prepared for, and she becomes sick because of it. Um, Uh, My favorite quote from Tali actually comes after (laughs) uh, you have the intimate moment with her. Uh, Just so you know, I am running a fever. I've got a nasty cough, and my sinuses are filled with something I 
can't even describe. And it was totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the fact that she did point out prior to this intimate encounter that Koreans can have like sexual relations without removing their suits. Well, it feels similar to uh, like a la Demolition Man when they put on the little head visors. It's kind of like a... It's like a nerve stimulation instead of like skin-on-skin contact, right? Mm -hmm. Which I was like, I mean, that's fine. It gets the job done and you don't have to get sick because of it. Mm -hmm. So I I was kind of like, why do you need the skin-on-skin contact? But she says, she's like, I want it to be wants it. you. But here's this is going to be my thing about my criticism of um, the way that the intimacy and stuff with the Koreans is written in their own population. They can do suit linking, Mm -hmm. which equalizes them in terms of environment between two Koreans to where they can safely interact with that person. Um, They might like kind of if somebody else catches ill, they have a chance of catching it, too. But that's sort of like a bond and a link that they're sharing. It shows that they are willing to have intimacy because to do that means that they can have intimacy without consequences for it. Mm -hmm. Um, The weird consequences for intimacy thing is something that I'm not a super big fan of. It makes sense in terms of how they've written the Koreans. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I would have liked it better if it was them showing that you don't have to have direct skin on skin contact for intimacy. Like they find another way to do it. Or maybe this isn't like a a sexual romantic relationship. It could be more of a even showing Shepard preparing, like like taking a quick shower and some antibiotics and whatever yeah. stuff like that would have been nice instead of yeah. her having to take all of the steps. Yeah. Um, Morden does mention because Morden really comes through. He's the realist uh, wing wing man on the ship um, <laughs> that uh, he straight up says this could kill her. Mm-hmm. My guy. I'm Morden. sorry. There is no one. No one on the planet that I am willing to be physically intimate with if it's going to kill me. Yeah. That that was one of the things where I was like, yeah, it's not worth that risk. If you cannot, if you cannot safely do it, no sex is worth potentially dying. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there we have a amazing metaphor for STIs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> like hashtag wear a condom. Yeah. <laughs> like this entire thing. I'm I get the intimacy in building up to that intimacy and her willing to take that leap, but it's unfair that there's no repercussions for Shepard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. This is not an equal exchanging and um uh, in equality in danger that they're both undertaking in order to be with each other. She's mm-hmm. having to make the sacrifice. Yes. And can we talk about the actual the actual scene? Yeah. Like she comes in, she says, "Okay, I've taken a bunch of antibiotics. I did some herbal supplements. Like I should be fine." And then, like you kind of start like feeling each other up for a second, and then she like pulls back and says, "Actually, I'm really uncomfortable out it about this, and it's making me talk a lot, and this is a coping mechanism and whatever." And she's talking, and then Shepard just like reaches out and takes her fucking mask off, and I 
hate that. Yeah. Like that's he doesn't not okay. Right. Like he should like yeah, there's like four ways that they could have made this better. One, he could have been like, hey, if you're not comfortable about this, like let's talk about it instead. And then she could take the mask off herself. Yes. Or, or he could be like, hey, like, let's talk about it. Let's calm down. Can I can I take this off? You know, like Mm-hmm. whatever and instead he just reaches out takes the damn thing off and then she's like blah, 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 kiss me yeah, yeah. Like, like i don't i don't like it no yeah i, I mean I at that like point at if i was if i was um potentially going to die from doing something and it got started out i was like well i might as well get off right. that would be kind of where i was at where i was like well fuck it we're already at it so let's go <laughs> but right. also the male writers up here we go um i can appreciate taking risks for intimacy and wanting to feel into intimacy that to that level that you will take risks for it the inequality is my main criticism here and she does specifically say that she like she wants to take this step instead of doing other stuff right she does state that prior when you're having the conversation about her getting ready there's always like a pre-conversation um in mass effect Mm -hmm. about how you're gonna bone later Mm -hmm. before the big big mission but (laughs) and she does say afterwards during the quote that sarah just said that it was worth it um she also talks about how she wouldn't blame shepherd if he needs an out basically more yeah because i'm sorry if this is one encounter you have to wait until she feels better again for another encounter and then she feels bad again again. and then another encounter because you don't have a way to equalize and then what is she just constantly ill because shepherd needs to get to get his rocks off like yeah or is she (laughs) is she constantly making herself ill so that she can get her rocks off and have that intimacy because that's not healthy. No, that's no, something it's that's not. going to shorten her lifespan. She's going to get really sick because yeah. of her the way that her people are built. Yep. And I can appreciate the Mass Effect team giving us the alien romances that we really want. Let's be real. Thank you. I'm yeah. going to be forever grateful for Garrus yes. and Thane and everybody. Thane, <laughs> sorry, but you aren't hurting them by having right. this relationship, <laughs> and it's pisses me off that the the woman yes not the, or not the femme yeah the yep. female is the one that is in pain in order to have this like right. yep. this isn't a male Korean that you're gonna be able to be with and they are sick and they're taking that risk this is a woman putting her health in danger mm-hmm. for a relationship <laughs> Uh, and that this was the bit like communications. yeah i'm sorry but mark mir did not do a great job with this bit because everything he says to her is so flat yeah. like he's like yes i really care about you and you're like i did not believe that i didn't fucking yeah. believe that like so the know. the the cuteness is still there yeah the desire is still there um, the rambly, like nervousness is cute, still there. I like that kind of stuff. The idea behind it and execution was not there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's 
so this is like compounded upon compounded with our dislike of how they structure the Koreans versus the Geth and how Tally reacts to that in terms of growth. And then the implications of this actual relationship and all of that kind of stuff. Like I, I can appreciate sections and portions of it, but I think if they were going to pass and deny fans any of the the romances that they were gunning for, because there was a big outcry. People mm-hmm. wanted to be able to romance Tally. Mm-hmm. This should have either been written differently or mm-hmm. they should have said no. Well, they also make a big deal out of like what Not she looks like face. under the damn thing. Yeah. Like they make a big deal out of it the whole game. And mm-hmm. then you yeah. still don't see it. And if that yeah. is not like, I don't know, it's such a terrible, and I get it. Like they don't yeah. actually have an idea of what the Quarians look like under there. And like, no one wanted to make that move and take that step. You kind and of they, get glowy eyes behind the mask it. sometimes. Yeah. And I'm going to say this is kind of a spoiler for three because you eventually do get a picture of her without. Unless you kill her. Unless you kill her. Well, but I'm going to say this designers, you are cowards. Yes. Make her alien alien. I don't know why they have to be the most humanoid of other races. There's no reason for another race to look like humans. Because it was easy. (laughs) Like, if they're going to have three fingers, if their legs are going to be built basically backward to ours, Mm -hmm. why would the rest of their body and their faces be structured exactly like ours? It doesn't make sense. I was expecting fangs. Yeah, like (laughs) fangs, a different shaped nose. Like, if you even, if you're still keeping with the forward-facing eyes like all the other races... Like, the face shape, mm-hmm. like, they are <clears throat> built similarly to Turians. Mm-hmm. Why would they still look almost exactly like us? Except for their legs and their fingers. Oh, my gosh, you guys. It just occurred to me. All of the alien races have forward-facing eyes, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. If the same, like, Earth biology stands with, like, the rest of the galaxy, all of them are predators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes that just that just totally blue brain brain blown. <laughs> There's explosion. there are the, the Hanar, for example, are like that. The the Hanar aren't like that. I think the Elcor don't have forward facing eyes. I think you're right. Yeah, um, yeah the there are so there are a few that aren't, but they are also the ones that aren't on the council that aren't. Um, I mean. They're prey. The aggressive. They're the non-aggressive ones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I guess. Do we want to share favorite moments? Does anyone have a favorite moment? I don't. (laughs) So my favorite moment is actually not related to the romance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just thought this was very pretty. Um, When they were going to dock with the flotilla, um, they clocked the Normandy as being a Cerberus um, created quote. Yeah. 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 It's a great quote. And they were like, prove that, you know, you're on our side. And Mm -hmm. she says like kind of a part of a poem. 
After time adrift among open stars, along tides of light and shoals of dust, I will return to where I began. And I was like, that's so pretty. That's really pretty. Also, Christ, could you make the call and response a little shorter? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know. I, Marco. Oh, well, okay, it's that. All right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually think the reason... The weasel barks at midnight, like something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like part of the reason why they might make it so long is because they have such a big um, to-do about leaving and coming back. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's probably a big thing about how the... Growing, growing adults leaving on their pilgrimage probably say like a big goodbye and on right. their return when they've brought something they probably have something meaningful that they note out and right. it probably kept that way because they aren't expected to leave very often yeah. um but i i agree like that yeah. is excessively long and also <laughs> they don't say anything back that's as pretty which yeah. Yeah. more credence to my argument <laughs> but They're pretty much oh yeah welcome back Great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then she's like, you. what up? Okay, My cool. ship's dirty. Clean it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, I get a feeling that's part of like the ritual as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, God, I just, I feel so connected to the I'm running a fever I've got a nasty cough and my sinuses are filled with something I can't even describe uh (laughs) I just I feel that a lot right now like my nose is so stuffy it sucks um that's really my favorite moment I don't care about the fact that it's related to the physical contact I just relate to that highly (laughs) (laughs) um I think like uh, the the cute little flirty bit is cute when when she's kind of awkward and there she's trying to suss out whether or not Shepard is actually interested and then when she finds out that he is she's excited and I thought that was cute I guess that's probably like mm-hmm. the only thing I could speak to as my quote unquote favorite bit yeah um all right are we ready for the fuck rating yeah right. yep. insert fuck haiku here. So, um, as you can probably imagine, this is not a great score. Um, my score for Tally is actually two out of five. Um, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of how they arc her out for her character. I don't think they put the actual depth they needed into it and they didn't grow her at all in this particular game um she came with some confidence finally and she's not shaken from that confidence based off of things that happened to her she's not growing from preconceived notions that she had in the past um not in any like real way for her character Mm -hmm. um so that's a 0.5. The get together is also a 0.5 because it's like kind of kind of weird that the way that they're building out this relationship, I wasn't a big fan of it as we already discussed. But the quality of th- flirting interactions are good. So I gave that a full point. So <laughs> um, everything else like it doesn't really have closure or any discussion on it. So that's a solid two out of five from my scale. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. So my metaphor rating is um, <clears throat> it's like when you're playing fetch with a dog and you fake throw the ball 
uh, and they run for it, and then they turn around and they don't. You still have the ball. Um, that's that's my metaphor here because <laughs> I like. <laughs> they tried. It's cute that one time, and then and then it's mean after that. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, dog torture. Got it. Yeah, Got yeah, it. dog torture. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just writing mine down super oh, no. quick. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so on a scale from accidentally watching a sex scene in a movie with your relatives <laughs> to a high-tech AI sex doll, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say I rate this as an awkward hug from someone who is definitely way more into you than you are to them. Oh, um, oh nice. Oh, nice. Like, accurate, accurate. Like, it's just that hug that takes a little bit too long and you're like, I'm not okay with this, but it's technically not awful because it's a hug, but I don't like... Mm. I took that class in stage intimacies. Right. Yeah. Like it just, oh, it just, uh, it just, you're like, okay, can we, can we not, I don't want to, don't touch me. I'm Mm -hmm. done. I'm done. I'm done. I was done like three seconds ago. Um, (laughs) It just, there's not much there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think there's, uh, yeah, there's just not much there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a rough one. I this isn't the worst one that they've ever written. No. Well, Jack the lack is, of nuance. So, mm. Yeah. The lack of nuance is our main issue and the lack of like actually thinking about it for more than five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what you guys come here for, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's why yeah. we started a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um so thank you so much for listening to our episode about Tally. Um, we're really excited to briefly touch upon her in Mass Effect 3 again. Mm-hmm. Um, but next week uh, or next time that you... I'm so excited, yeah, you guys. We're talking cry. about Thane Krios. I really could cry right now. Mass I'm Effect so 2. excited. I'm wondering if I can play through Mass Effect 2 again in the next week somehow. <laughs> I, am, I am excited for you. Because yes. I love Thane. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. Every piece of my soul belongs to Thane Krios. He can call me Seha any day. (laughs) I am excited for this one because I I, I have to admit part of me almost romanced him over Garrus. See? See? Almost. He's he's very compelling. He's very compelling. Yeah. Um, He's a very interesting character. Yeah. <laughs> okay, deep breaths. I'm fine. I can wait. You guys need to check out anything before you have the release of our next uh well well uh, awaited episode. Um check out some of our other properties. Um mm-hmm. we're all members of Theater of the Mind Players. Uh currently running through cyberpunk uh cyberpunk red and having a grand old time mm-hmm. um so you can feel free to check that out on your local podcast or YouTube channel. Um what, what other guys, what things you guys want to I also have another podcast called The Not-So-Bigfoot Thing, where I talk about hiking as a small lady. Um, I also have five billion projects. Um, <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not wrong. Um, I have Plot Points, which is a podcast where three nerds talk about role-playing games as literature and we've been doing that for a damn long time now uh and also i am a cast member on encounter party which is a D actual play 
almost a radio drama. Like we cut out a lot of the table talk and a lot of the, wait, what does this do? Um, and that is called Encounter Party, if I did not say. You did. Yeah. <laughs> so check those out too, please. Yeah. Uh, like, share, rate, subscribe. Find mm-hmm. us wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, you're listening. I don't know why I said that part. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's okay. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Stay yep. safe. Be yep. well. Put a damn mask on your damn face. Please. Scent is uh, sexy and mandatory. Yeah. 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 yeah, Like consent. Just seriously. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Signing off. This is Jordan Fishburne. Oh, this is Tawny P. Thompson. And I am Sarah Babe. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about fame next time. I'm (laughs) so excited for you, Tawny. Like, I seriously am. I'm so thrilled. I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay.